worship. And we're going to open our Bibles now. If you want to grab your Bibles, we'll be in Luke chapter 8. It's going to be in the Newer Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the four accounts, eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. We're going to be in the book of Luke today, chapter 8. We'll give you a second to get there. Uh, I just want to tell you, though, I'm so glad you're here. Maybe you're visiting for baptism. And I'll just tell you something today. Maybe you're watching online. We welcome you. Everybody watching there. But I just want to tell you, too, that we are a church that's unapologetic about the name of Jesus. And then we're going to be a church that's loud about the name of Jesus. Yeah, the music's a little loud, but our praise is even louder for the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so I just want to tell you that up front. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're visiting and you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you. Um, but again, if you have a church, man, we'll bless you to go back there next week. But uh, we're excited that you're here today, and I believe God's going to speak to us. I believe the Lord's going to speak to you and me as we open his word. We're in Luke chapter 8. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, hold up. Okay, I'll give you a second. Good, i got to get there too, so come on. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. All right, Luke chapter 8, verse 26. One more time, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. We love to, if you're able to, stand in honor of God's word. If you don't have your Bible, we'd love to give you one. There's some out there at the Connect Corner. We'd love to give you one. If not, we've got a big giant Bible up here on the screen that you can follow along with. We're going to be in verse number 26. i got 13 verses for you. Everybody good? Everybody okay? I have about six of us. Is there everybody okay? All right, here we go. Verse number 26. So it says this. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes across from the lake of Gal- or across the lake from Galilee. And as Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time. Somebody say long time. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and he fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me, this this demon said. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. And his spirit had often taken control of the man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles. He simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. And Jesus demanded, what is your name? And then the, 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 demon, the man filled with demons said, Legion. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. Then there just so happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside. And the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. Look at your neighbor and say, no, not the bacon. Go ahead, just look at him. No, not the bacon. <laughs> uh, watch this. Watch what the Bible says. Jesus gave them permission. We'll talk about that in a second. I like that. Then the demons came out of the man, entered into the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. Verse 34. Everybody doing good? Everybody okay? I got a few more verses to get. Five more verses. Here we go. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Well, people rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet. I like this part right here. Fully clothed and perfectly sane. I love that so much. Fully clothed, perfectly sane. And they were all afraid, the Bible says. Verse 36, then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them, 
So Jesus returned to the boat, left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. But the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. And watch what he did. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. And we want to be a church that that exact same thing can be said of us. That we're going to be a people, we're going to be a place that shouts Jesus from the rooftop of what he's done, of how he's freed us, of how he's saved us. Come on, if we're thankful for that, we just read scripture. But can we give him a big shout of praise right now in this place? Man, anybody been healed? Come on, we're going to have church today, all right? So I, I, had two, I had two sermon titles I wanted to give you. One of them was Demon Possessed No More. I thought that might get a little couple, I mean, that might get some people watching for sure. But then I thought, okay, hey, really want to call it this, fully clothed and perfectly sane. So I don't know what you walked in this place with. Maybe you feel like your life is so scattered. I just believe that one encounter with Jesus can change that. I believe that one encounter with the, the Savior of the world can change that. And I'm pleading the blood over you today as you're watching online, as you're in this room, as we're celebrating baptism in a few minutes. But first of all, let's pray. And then we'll jump in together. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this time. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Once you high-five your neighbor on the way to your seat, tell them, I love you. Glad you're sitting next to me in church. Go ahead. Let them know that you're glad they're sitting with you. I like it. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Well, I am, uh, I'm so thankful for you. So thankful. and glad you're at church today. You could be anywhere else. We had to bring some chairs out today. I love that. Uh, on a rainy day and you're at church. Some of y'all look like you got baptized on the way in. Come on, somebody, right? But uh, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. If I've never met you, my name is Dustin. And alongside my wife, Allie, our family, we get a chance to lead here at Purpose Church. Just thankful for you. You're in a great, at a great Sunday today. It is Baptism Sunday. And uh, after the experience today, man, we're going to baptize some people. And it's going to be incredible. And I, I just want you to lift the roof off of this place. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, we're, we're finishing up a series today called Grave Diggers. And I just want to let you know we've been looking at this idea of how you and I can start living. We can't start living until we start dying. We're going to take a little bit of a different twist today, just like we did last week a little bit. And what we're going to talk about is a man that was living in the graves, a man that was amongst the graves. But before we get there, i got a question to ask any bacon lovers in the room. Come on, wave your hand at me if that's you. Any sausage lovers in the room? Anybody sausage? No, no. Okay, yeah, a few of us. All right. Any pork chop people? Come on, somebody. All right, then. Little Patty's two-inch pork chop wrapped in bacon. Come on, anybody else? All right. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me all the bacon, right? Well, I, I like this story, and I, I was looking up a, a Boudreaux joke that I thought we'd start out today with. Everybody okay if I tell a joke as we start today? About four of us. I said, everybody okay if I tell a joke as we start today? All right, cool, cool. So there's this guy named Boudreaux. If you don't know Boudreaux, Boudreaux is like this deep south Cajun man. And Boudreaux was riding down the highway in his truck when he passed another truck that happened to have some pigs in the back. And uh, one of those pigs happened to fall out. So Boudreaux stops. He, he's thinking, oh, my goodness, i got to try and help this pig out. i got to get it back to his owner. So he's trying whatever he can to get this pig back into his truck so he could get ready to try and take it back. to. But in the meantime, a state trooper stops and asks Boudreaux, what are you doing with that pig, right? What are you doing with that pig, Boudreaux? And Boudreaux said, well, man passed me, fell out of his truck. I was trying to try and catch up with the truck and, and, and help him get his, this man's pig back to him. And state trooper looked at Boudreaux and said, Boudreaux, listen, man, that, that man is long gone. Why don't you just take that pig to the zoo? 
And uh, Boudreaux was like, okay. And so what happened was a few days later, actually Boudreaux's driving around, and that pig happens to be in the back of Boudreaux's truck. That same state trooper stopped Boudreaux and said, Boudreaux, like, I did not tell you to bring that pig to the zoo. And Boudreaux said, Miles, yeah, yeah, you did, but we had so much fun at the zoo that I thought now I'd take him to Chuck E. Cheese. Come on, somebody. That's funny. I don't care who you are, right? I just he took him to the zoo. He didn't drop him off. He just took him as a friend. Okay, all right, all right. If you didn't get it, now you got it, all right? Well, I, I like that story. I like this story that we're talking about today because I think some things in this we need to see, we need to learn from, and we can grow from, even in this time that we're in right now. Grave Diggers, this series we're finishing up today. And Jesus, what he happens to show up, he comes to the other side of the lake, and in some graves, there's this guy that had been living there. Right? He'd been living in the graves for a long time, the Bible says, that he was naked and he was homeless, living amongst the tombs. And I want you to see that this guy was demon-possessed. This conversation happens with Jesus and the demons, and what begins to happen is Jesus allows the demons to go and, and go down into a herd of pigs, and then guess what? They run down the hill. They all drown, all the people freak out, and then they ask Jesus to leave, which I think is one of the saddest lines in all of Scripture. We'll talk about it in just a second. But I, but I think there's some things that we can learn from this story. I think there's some things that we can know from this that we need to jot down, and we may not need it today, but we may need it this week. And I want to encourage you. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you as we talk about this. Did you know this is the most detailed description of a person that's demon-possessed that we have in the Bible? It's the most detailed that we see right here. There's a couple things that we can learn from it. If you're ready to learn some stuff today, say, I'm ready. All right, very first thing I want you to write down is this. Other than the title, I want you to write this down. What you see is not all that there is. What you see is not all that there is. That you need to understand that spiritual warfare is real. That the Bible says that there is a battle that's going on. It's a battle that we cannot see with our physical eyes, and it's not in our physical necessarily world that we see it. But there is a whole nother world, a spirit world that is just as real and even more powerful than what takes place in our spiritual or in our physical world. I want you to see that. I want you to know that. Like, if you and I had eyes to see it, there is a spiritual world. And I think a lot of us probably can, can think back to movies that we've seen where, like, you've got the devil or demons on this shoulder, right? You know what I'm talking about? And you got the angels on this shoulder. You know what I'm talking about? Right? I think a lot of times we see that and we kind of pick at that. But again, I think if we could have spiritual eyes today, we would see and understand that there is a battle going on. That there is spiritual warfare that is taking place, that what you see is not all that there is. That the kingdom of light is fighting against the kingdom of darkness. There's more to the eyes than what we can see. Even the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, hey, we don't wrestle with just flesh and blood. No, no, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, right? Things that we can't see, it's going on. There is a battle that is taking place. And another part of that that I think you and I need to realize today is that the devil is real. He is real. Like this isn't something that just TV made up. Like, no, no, no. Like with a pitchfork and, you know, you know, comes in a room and hocus pocus, you know, like just, woof, there he is. No, no, no. The devil is real. And did you know that actually in the Bible, I kind of have a little teaching Sunday school moment here together, that the devil was actually an angel in the beginning. Do you all know that? Yeah, he was. There's actually three angels in all of the Bible that are named. One is Michael, one is Gabriel, and the other is Lucifer. 
What I want you to see right here is Michael, he's usually the, the prayer warrior, right? The, the spoken word of, uh, of, of, of language and a, and a message. And Gabriel is, the, is actually the word, of like speaking the word and, and coming to uh, Mary and telling her, hey, listen, you're going to have a son. And this is what God is saying from his word. And then you got Lucifer, who was actually the worship leader in heaven. Did y'all know that? Now, come on, I love our worship team. Don't we love and appreciate our worship team so much today? Can we just honor them every week? They're coming in early. They're the first people to show up. I'm so thankful they lead every single week in worship. But I'm just going to tell you, ain't none of them named Lucifer. Come on, somebody, right? No, 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 because what happened was Lucifer saw all of the worship that God was getting in heaven. And guess what? He got a little jealous. He said, I want some of that worship for myself. And what happened was it actually got him kicked out of heaven. A lot of scholars believe that between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 is when this great battle happened. Uh, And Revelation chapter 12 actually tells us a little bit about it. It says this, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. Got something for you that you need to know today. But he was not strong enough. Come on, I'm going to read it again. He was not strong enough. Come on, that's good news today. Right, and the Bible says that they lost their place in heaven. The Bible says that the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. I want you to see, I want you to realize, make a realization today that the devil is real, that spiritual warfare is real. And I don't say that to scare you. I don't want you to be afraid of it. I just don't want you to, de- to deny the reality of it. Like that's what we got to see, we got to understand. And then again, I want you to know that the devil is real and he has a plan to destroy you. That's his goal. He wants to destroy you and me. He wants to obliterate your family. He wants to obliterate your, your life. He wants to use whatever sin that he can trap you up in to literally kill you. The Bible says that he has one goal. You know what it is? To steal, kill, and destroy. That's the goal of the enemy. That's the goal of Satan today for yours and my life. And again, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to make you aware. Know that he's there. Know that he's coming. Even the Bible says this, stay alert. Somebody say, stay alert. Tap your neighbor say, watch out. Come on, watch out, the Bible says, for your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And again, I think we can have a more of a, oh, he's not that bad, oh, it's not a big deal kind of mentality when it comes to the devil, but he is real, and his, his one goal is to destroy you. I want you to see that today. But how many of us know that there's good news today, even in the middle of that, that there's good news? And I want to tell you about that good news that we see right here in Scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse 28 says this, As soon as this man saw Jesus, he shrieked and he fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? And I want you to know something. This is a teaching moment I'm going to take for just a second. Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know, but ancient superstition actually said and told this idea that if you had superior, like, spiritual power over somebody else or something else, if you knew or said their exact name. And that's why the demons right here address Jesus with his full title. Jesus, Son of the Most High God. 
And so if you were there and you would have heard that, you would understand, whoa, 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 well, man, these, these guys got some, that's, a, that's shots fired back at Jesus, right? Like, I mean, they would think, according to the day, that they had superiority over Jesus. And then in an attempt to make uh, them in, intimidate Jesus, what did they do? They actually identified themselves as legion. And we don't use that word today, but just so you know, a legion is a, uh, about three to 6,000 Roman soldiers is what that is. So what I want you to see is these guys right here were trying to make themselves bigger than they thought they were, all right? And I, 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 didn't, I was going to ask in the first service, and I was going to ask in this service, has anybody been attacked by a black bear? And I was thinking nobody in this service has been attacked by a black bear. I don't know why I would ask that. But how many of y'all have ever heard of that thing? Like if a black bear's coming at you, come on, how many of y'all know? If the black bear's coming at you, you yell back and you make yourself bigger. Anybody heard that before? Brown bear, you get down. Come on, somebody. Black bear, you're, ah. Brown bear, you're down. You know what I'm talking about? White bear, just run. You know what I'm saying? Just go. You just, just toast, all right? So, like, what would happen if a, if a black, this, this is survival 101 right here. You didn't know you was getting this at church. It's free today, all right? But come on, we're going to do it together. This is going to be fun. If a black bear come charging at you, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to make yourself bigger. So, everybody, here's what I want everybody to do. All across this room, even if you're watching online, even if you're driving on the road, listening to a podcast right now, be safe. But take your hands off the wheel and throw them above your head and make yourself bigger. Everybody on three. One, two, three. Oh, you got to scream, too. I like that. That was fun. That was fun. Let's, can we do it one more time? Because that was just too much. Y'all liked it. It felt like it was a roller coaster. Y'all ever seen that? Like, wow, wow, wow. Okay. One more time on three. One, two, three. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do if a black bear comes at you. Okay. Well, I, I feel like that's what these demons are trying to do. Make themselves bigger than they really were. Because this is what I know if you go back and look at this story. You look at what's happening here. They're, in fact, trying to intimidate Jesus. They're trying to say, look at us. There's all kinds of us. We're organized. We're unified. We're ready to fight, and we are mighty. But listen to me. They made a huge mistake thinking that they could scare Jesus. Because this is what I know is that the devil and his demons must respond to a higher authority. Now listen to me today. You are one mention away from freedom. That when we say, when we sing the name of Jesus, that we plead the blood of Jesus, that we speak the word of Jesus, we're just believing what scripture tells us in Revelation chapter 12, that we are overcomers, that we win, not because of what we've done, but because of the word, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes, the Bible says that the demons and the devil do have some power, but the good news of the gospel today is that you need to hear this, is that they are no match for our God. That he is, there's a name that's greater than any other name. A word that's better than any other word. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I think we ought to take five seconds and clap our hands if you believe that there is no one like our God. If you believe today that there is no other name like the name of Jesus. That's what we believe. So whatever Jesus told these demons to do, guess what? They had to do it. Somebody say you had to. They didn't have a choice because he's the higher authority. Then watch what Jesus does. He gives them permission. They had to listen to him. Gave them permission. The demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drown, the Bible says. Come on, one more time, tap your neighbor. Say, oh, no, not the bacon again. Come on, one more time. Man, oh, not the bacon, Lord. Come on, Jesus. That's like, oh, 
not the bacon. And I got to thinking, I got to reading again, what happened is now there's a shortage of bacon in all of the area, right? And everybody's telling everybody, all right, did y'all see what happened? Did y'all know what just took place? Did you hear about what took place? And they're going, the Bible says, surrounding, they're going through the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Then verse 35 tells us people rushed out to see what happened, and a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who's been freed from demons. Watch what he was doing. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Watch this. I want you to see this. I want you to, to take note of what happens in verse 37. And all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them. Listen to me. As I read that, I can't help but be heartbroken. You know why? Because they were more upset over losing a herd of pigs then they were excited about the deliverance of a demon-possessed man. And I got to thinking, you know what? That can be a challenge for us sometimes today. And this is my question for you. This is my question for our church. If you're visiting today, this is a question for you. Do you think more highly of pigs or people? Do you think more highly of pigs or people? See, what I, I begin to look at when I read this, they're more in love with the blessing of God than God himself. That they would rather give up Jesus than lose their source of income and security. And I think if we're being honest in this place today, which we can do because this is church and sometimes we can act like we have it together, but let's be honest. That all of us in this room, if we can say that we're honest, we would say the same thing sometimes about our church. We say the same thing about following Jesus in our own life. And you know what we'd say is, I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as it doesn't inconvenience me. Like, I'll, I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as I can keep worrying about me. I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as I don't have to change anything about my life. I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as I get to keep doing what I've been doing, going back to the same places I've been going with the same people. I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as it doesn't mess up my plans. Maybe sometimes you might have this philosophy, I'll keep coming to church as long as they keep singing the songs that I like, as long as they have the, the lemonade, as long as they have iced coffee and not just apple cider. Come on, somebody, all right? I'll keep coming as long as they keep that. And sometimes what we can do is we can make it all about us. And my question for you today in your life, in our church, like, is Jesus welcome to wreck your plans? My challenge for us, would we be a church that says, you know what, and, and I, think, I think our answer on the outside would be yes. Oh, absolutely, Jesus. What happens when he does? What happens when he does? I, I, I say that every time that we come together. Lord, if you want something, like if you want to do something today that's not in the script, if you want to do something that's not in what we've spent all week planning to do, God, you can do it. And I want to challenge us. I think we're okay saying it. What happens when it actually happens? Like, like what are you going to do? Like, and, and my heart and my, my, my prayer is that what happens so many times in our life is that we can elevate our wants and our desires over the miracle of what Jesus is doing, how he's moving, who he's changing. And in the middle of the miracle, listen, we can miss the point of the miracle entirely. And I think we got to just recognize today, let's not be a church. Let's not be a people that value the things of this world more than we value the things of God.
I got three things that are not going to be on the screen. I'll give them to you really quickly of how we can value people over pigs. Can you write these down? Once you write these down, they're not on the screen. It goes like this. Generosity. If you want to really fight this, uh, like, like valuing the things over the person, let's be a generous church. Generosity is a privilege. Like we want to be a generous church. And I think, again, not just as a church, but as an individual, you want to fight selfishness, making it all about certain things, become generous. Let that be a spirit that is said of you and me that we are generous and we are okay. And, and generosity is a privilege. Like we're not doing it and being like, oh, dagnabbit, I can't believe I had to do that. No, 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 that we get to do that. So that's one way to fight that, to value people over pigs. Another way, you know what it is, is to serve. And this is not a pitch to get you on a team today. I don't want to tell you that. I'm not trying to get you on a team today, but I am trying to get you seeing and serving something that may be bigger than what you're going through in your life. And if you'll do that, I believe that that's when purpose can be found inside of you. That when you say no to my preferences, no to my plans, no to my schedule, and I'm going to go serve somebody else. I'm going to go open a door. I'm going to go give of myself. I'm telling you a way that we can value people over the things is by serving other people, making a difference. And then my last thing on this is that once we do that, let's do it here, yes, but let's not leave it here. Let's not leave 500 people in a room today, and let's go outside, and let's make a difference for Jesus. Like, let's go outside of our walls and begin to let people know that are far from God. Listen, we love you. We value you. God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. Like, let's not just keep church here. Like, I think we need to get some signs and say the church has left the building. And guess what? I think we need to be people that are leaving the building. And the church service is not over once you hit that door. Because, man, we're just now then becoming the church as we go out and make a difference for Jesus. And so I'm challenging you and I with that. Let's not think so highly of the pigs that we forget people in the process. And the last two things, we're going to land this plane very quickly in four minutes and 12 seconds. All right, you ready? Ready for a bumpy landing? Okay, come on, here we go. The last two things, people rushed out to see what happened, the Bible says. The crowd gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who'd been freed from demons. And he was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. See, I love that so much. That's why I titled it that today. Fully clothed and perfectly sane. You know why? Because the only right response to being healed by Jesus is at his feet. That, that worship is the only right response to what Jesus has done for you and I. And I think so many times what happens is we can become so familiar with church. We can become so familiar with baptism after the service that, that we can become so familiar and think, oh, we can become enamored with everything and anything else other than Jesus. But I'm trying to challenge you today to get back to a place the way we should be at the feet of Jesus in all of who he is, in all of what he has done, amazed at the grace, the forgiveness, the second, the third, the fourth, the hundredth chance that he's given us. Jesus, we can't help but say thank you. Jesus, we can't help but clap our hands. Jesus, we can't help but praise you with a shout of praise. Is there anybody in the room that's been healed by Jesus, delivered, redeemed? Is there anybody thankful that you're a child of God? Is there anybody that's thankful that you've been bought with a price and belong to God? Is there anybody thankful that you've been redeemed, forgiven of all of your sins? Come on. Is there anybody thankful that they are complete and whole in Christ Jesus? Is there anybody thankful today that I have not been given a spirit of fear, 
but of love, power, and a sound mind? Is there anybody thankful today that no weapon formed against me shall prosper? Is there anybody thankful today that I am born of God and I have world overcoming faith residing on the inside of me? Well, then why don't you thank him? Why don't you praise him? Why don't you worship him with a shout of praise? Because I remember who I was before I had one encounter with Jesus, and I'll never be the same. Come on, give Jesus five seconds of some praise if he's changed you, if he's redeemed you, if he's saved you. I remember who I was before him. I can't help but worship him. I can't help but be loud for him. I'm not going to be louder. I, I love Murray State basketball. Can't wait for that racer arena game on Wednesday night. Come on. Like childhood relived, right, for me. But guess what? I love those guys so much, but I'm not going to cheer louder for them than I do for the Savior who saved my life. I just don't want that for us. Man, let's go. Let's be loud. Let's be loud. I'm not saying like, oh, let's just be quiet at the game. No, bring some energy. Yeah. Come on, bring some energy at a basketball game. But I want you to bring some energy when you come in here because worship is the only right response for what Jesus has done for us. Last thing, let's land the plane. Here we go. The verse 38 says, the man who'd been freed from the demons begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Listen to me. Once God heals you, once he redeems you, listen, God wants to use your past as a pointer to Jesus. See, I want you to see that. I think so many times we can think, oh, God could never use me. God could never use me. God could never, man, do you know what I've done? Do you know where I've been? You know how long I've been there? That God could never use me. But I want to challenge you today. Let, let's ask the question. Don't you think that people would have said the same thing about the demon-possessed man living out in the graveyard for a long time? Don't you think they would have said that? I mean, this guy was, was in the graveyard, living an old life, old lifestyle, old habits. And listen to me, you are not too far for God to reach. And I want to challenge you as we start this new series coming up, For the One. Like, you got to understand, I could have saved this message for next Sunday as we started it. Because I, I want you to see the power of the one, the Jesus. Because you understand, if you go back and read it, and you can read it this week, but Jesus, they arrived in a boat. He gets off the boat. He immediately is confronted with this demon-possessed man. He heals this demon-possessed man. This man worships him. Jesus sends him, commissions him. And then guess what? They asked Jesus to leave. And so what did Jesus do? He got in the boat and he left. But what I want to challenge you with today is the fact that he did it for the one. He, he went and saved the one. He went and healed the one. And this man who was demon possessed became a living example of the power of Jesus. And when we meet Jesus, listen to me, y'all, you're going to experience genuine life change and the only reasonable response to a true encounter with Jesus on the inside is a difference on the outside. I want you to see this again. He is fully clothed and perfectly sane. There was a healing that took place on the inside of him. But guess what? People on the outside noticed a difference. And I'm going to challenge you today. We don't work for salvation. We work because of salvation. 
Now guess what? People should be able to tell a difference that you and I are Christians. Like when you go to Lost Portales today, listen to me. You are a great reflection of what you believe about Jesus when you go there. And I'm going to challenge you today. Church just doesn't stop when we say amen at the end of the service and love Jesus, serve people, live on purpose, have a great week. No, it's just beginning. Because you and I are called to go out just like this man right here, proclaiming in all of the town what Jesus has done for us. And I just, I, I'm so fired up about these guys and gals going public with their faith today in baptism. Let it be heard as people drive down 641 when we lift the roof up off of this place. You know why? Because the old has gone and the new has come. That they were dead in their sin, but they're telling everybody, I put my faith in Jesus. I'm alive in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. I am a new creation in God. And I want you, church, listen. When they come out of the water, please do whatever you can to make it deafening loud. All right? So watch your babies. Careful with their ears because it's going to get loud. You know why? Because it's a picture of what Jesus has already done on the inside. And it's making a difference on the outside. And my challenge for us today is that this guy had been possessed for a long time. So no telling how long it had been since he'd been around people, since he had had a conversation, since he'd had a hug. But he had one encounter with Jesus. And guess what? He immediately ran full speed towards the things of God. And I'm challenging us today. This man leaves his reputation. He leaves his old lifestyle. He leaves his past behind, his reservations behind, and says, I can't help but say something. I can't help but give of myself. I can't help but serve because of what I've experienced and who I've experienced. And I'm challenging, again, I keep saying the word challenge because I feel like that's what it is. This guy never went to Bible college. This guy never had a microphone and stood on a platform. This guy never had a title. But guess what he did have? He had influence. He had influence with his family and everybody else back home. And Jesus sent him back home to proclaim the great things that he had done for him. And I'm just telling you, may it be said of us today, Purpose Church, may it be said of each individual one of us, that we will be people that no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, that Jesus would find us proclaiming and praising and worshiping the great things that he has done. Let that be said of us today. And maybe you're here, and, and again, just a second, we're going to have some baptism outside. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to hoop and holler, and we're going to celebrate. But there's some of you that don't realize what we're celebrating. You know why? Because you're still living in the grave. Because you're still living in the graveyard. You've never experienced what one encounter with Jesus can do. Now, I just got to tell you, like, I, it, it's hard for me to explain. I just got to tell you, when you meet Jesus, doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's all going to work out exactly how you thought it was going to. No, no, I can't, I can't explain it, but in the middle of whatever you're going through, that you are an overcomer because of Jesus. That you, even if this life takes you, guess what? You still win because of Jesus. And I just got to tell somebody today, listen, put your faith in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Your life will never be the same, just like this guy that had one encounter that changed everything about him, changed his whole life. I'm going to encourage you today. Let's have one encounter with Jesus if you don't know him, and it'll change your life forever. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a, a hand clap of praise today? <clears throat>
So all over this place, would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Do you mind doing something for me? Would you mind standing to your feet as you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm going to go ahead and dismiss all our baptism folks that are going to be getting baptized, going public with their faith today. Go ahead and go get ready. It's going to be an awesome celebration in just a few minutes. But before we do that, with your, head, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to encourage you today. There's some people in this room that have never professed Jesus as Lord. Now, you've never given your life to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you today is the best day to do it. Today's an incredible day. You're here for a reason. The Spirit of God has drawn you into this place. And I want you to understand something. That our sin has separated us from God. That, that, that we are all broken, busted sinners in this place. But we have a Savior named Jesus who was willing to come, die on a cross for my sin, make a payment. That was a payment that he made for our sin. Maybe you've never accepted that. I want to encourage you today that today can be that day. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in just a prayer of confession today. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. And I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe you gave your life for me. And I put my trust in you today. Be the Lord of my life today. Maybe you're here. Maybe you prayed something like it. Maybe you prayed it word for word, but you meant it in your heart. I just want to tell you, just made the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And uh, I, I want to know that you made that decision. If that's you and you said, hey, I just, I just asked for repentance, asked for Jesus to come in my life and save me. I'm going to ask you to do something. Just like this guy that wasn't ashamed to go and tell people about what had happened to him. I'm going to ask you to not be ashamed today. If you would just raise your hand above your head and say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. You could raise it above your head and you could drop it right back down. And if you're watching online, there's a little screen there that tells us how you can get plugged in and let us know that you made that decision today as well. Anybody say, hey, that's me. I just made that decision to follow Jesus today. Awesome. Well, if that's you and you made that decision, I'm going to encourage you not only to raise your hand, but... We, we, don't, we actually don't count people's hands that go up in the air because we want to have a conversation with you. We know that you have uh, questions. We know that you're walking through many things, but you just made the best decision, and we want to be there with you, right alongside of you. And so we got an incredible prayer team. We're going to worship in just a second. Got an incredible prayer team on either side of this platform, and we would love to know that you made that decision today. And I'm also going to invite anybody else that's here today, and maybe you've been fighting something, maybe you've been walking through something, and maybe you need to just get on, on uh, uh, right in front of Jesus at Jesus' feet today. We have what we would, what we consider an altar, makeshift altar. It's kind of right here around the platform, and we just have it as a special place where you can come and, and you can worship Jesus at His feet. There's nothing special about this place, but it's something about moving and getting to the feet of Jesus and saying, Jesus, I, I, I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm so grateful for how you saved me. I'm so grateful. Or maybe you have a... Uh, 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 some confession that you got to just get out there and ask Jesus to forgive you. We're going to give you time to do that in just a second. As we worship, we're going to sing a song called Pour It Out. And the Bible says that literally they were in an upper room when the Holy Spirit came and was poured out. And then my thing is they went outside of the doors of that upper room. Thank God that they did that. And they made a difference in their work, in their play, in their community. 
And now we're here today because the faithfulness of some people to ask the Holy Spirit to be poured out, poured out on them, poured out on us, God. And then they went out and made a difference for Jesus. And so you're here. I'm just going to encourage you today that we would just spend some time at the feet of Jesus as we worship Him today. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we're thankful for this time. God, would you move in this place? Jesus, have your way as we worship you today. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody said.